Hey, welcome back. I just saw an interesting headline. New appeal. Why so scared? Trump files desperate appeal after suffering major court defeat two hours ago. Today's the 10th. I, uh, thanks for, there's a huge spike right now. 3,000 a day. This is Michael Bobak, Legal AF. Thanks. Donald Trump must like to lose appeals because he's about to lose another one, having filed today to try to stop Mike Pence, his nah, former nah. vice president, the one he called a P-word, the one he uh. thought that the uh, insurrectionists should hang in the public square because he refused to certify the election using fake electors for Trump. There's a ruling that Pence must testify before the grand jury. It's not just one grand jury, mind you. It's at Fake least three grand juries. Could be Mar-a-Lago and or the Jan 6th grand jury looking into the insurrection and Trump's clinging to power. And the third one is the big grift by Donald Trump in trying to raise money on the backs of a lie that, that uh, Joe Biden lost the election. That Mike Pence, that Mike Pence who already was compelled by Judge or Chief Judge Boesberg of the D.C. Circuit Court to testify and stripping him of any assertion of executive privilege, the privilege that a president, the current president has, the one that occupies the office. In other words, Joe Biden has today, and I'm looking at my watch on the 10th of April, that executive privilege is held by Joe Biden, and he's already waived the privilege. It doesn't travel with the former president. It doesn't travel with the 45th president. It's held by the 46th president. So this, this make-believe magical thinking that Donald Trump has an executive privilege that he can even assert for the time that he was in office while the current president who holds the privilege has already waived it, this is one of the reasons, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to lose the appeal. The other reason is Mike Pence has already said, I'm not appealing. I like the order for Judge Boesberg. Chief Judge Boesberg said that for a very limited period of time, this is Mike Pence talking, while I was at the podium inside of the Senate chamber banging the gavel to certify the election, everything about that I don't have to testify to because I'm protected by a constitutional privilege called speech and debate, which is normally only for people who are actually Congress people, actually senators and Congress people. But Bozberg said, you know what, in that role that you're serving in, where you're certifying elections, eh, that seems like you should have a privilege. But for everything else, Mike Pence, everything else, the attacks on you, the pressure campaign launched by Donald Trump, by John Eastman, by Peter Navarro, by, Mike Me uh, by Mark Meadows, to try to pressure Mike Pence not to certify the election, to throw it to the state houses around the country, to try to throw the election to... Um, Donald Trump, all of that, all of that, Mike Pence, that you got to testify to. And and Donald Trump's conversation with you in which he called you the P word all came out during the Jan 6th uh, committee investigation. <laughs> that you got to testify to. You running for your life. This is the artist rendering of running for your life <laughs> and, and army crawling out of the Capitol when it was being attacked by Trump supporters and white supremacists and all of that. That you got to testify to. Your decision not to get into the Secret Service car who wanted to whisk you away from the Capitol so that you couldn't do the vote counting and the certification of the election. That you have to testify to. And of course, Donald Trump is all up in arms. So he's like, oh, I don't want him to testify to that. I'm going to try to assert executive privilege because he doesn't have attorney client privilege because, of course, there's no attorney or client in this relationship. But he, there is an executive privilege. 
problem is Donald Trump has lost every time in the last month he's tried to assert executive privilege and taken an appeal to the D.C. Court of Appeals, which is the first stop on the train and probably the last stop on the train. He lost two weeks ago when M. Evan Corcoran, his own lawyer, got stripped of uh, attorney-client privilege to testify about Mar-a-Lago and the hiding and misappropriation of documents led by Donald Trump, in which the prior chief judge, Judge Beryl Howell, said, I think there's more than likely a crime that has been committed by Donald Trump with the assistance of his lawyer. I'm stripping away all privilege. Evan Corcoran, you go testify. Evan Corcoran took an appeal. Donald Trump took an appeal to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals and got a random... That was fun when Evan Corcoran, um, his lawyer, ah, was ordered by a judge to turn over his notes and testify against his own client. Ah, ah. What a burn. <laughs> three judge panel. And that three judge panel said, uh, let's get all this wrapped up in 72 hours instead of three to six months. And wrapped it all up in 72 hours. Required the Department of Justice to file briefs into the middle of the night. Donald Trump to do the same. And made a ruling. And the ruling was, eh, you lose Donald Trump. <laughs> Go testify to the grand jury. And that's what he did. And Donald Trump did not take an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court for that. Because he knows he's, he doesn't have the numbers even there. Even the MAGA right wing on the Supreme Court aren't going to support him on presidential papers, on presidential crime, on presidential communications. He's lost every time in front of even this hand-picked uh, Supreme Court. So, so put that aside. Last week, the um, one of the last decisions by Beryl Howell, the then chief judge, was to order that an entire group of almost a dozen insiders in the West Wing, chief policy advisors, Chief, uh, the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, the entire security apparatus and advisors around Donald Trump, from his national security advisor, his director of national intelligence, his homeland security advisor, and, and Stephen Miller, for that matter. And nah. James, you know, that entire group, including led by Mark Meadows, they got to go and testify this week in front of the ha -ha. Because Judge Beryl Howell said, executive privilege isn't going to work here based on this, and it's held by the other person, the real president, number 46. So they have all been ordered, and an appeal got taken of that to another three-judge panel, new, new three lawyers, new three judges, and they ruled in less than 72 hours. They gave the Department of Justice two hours to file a brief, <laughs> which the Department of Justice did right on time. 
And the th new three judges of the appellate court for the D.C. Circuit said, okay, um, we agree with the Department of Justice. That group of 12, Mar led by Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, Ken Cuccinelli, the entire na national security apparatus around Donald Trump, you go testify to the grand jury. And Donald Trump didn't take an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Are you seeing a pattern here? Even Donald Trump knows he's going to lose at the U.S. Supreme Court. He's going to take a shot hoping he gets at least two Trumpers or two right-wing Republicans in his panel for the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, hoping maybe he gets a ruling in his favor. But now, every time there's a ruling against him, there's a body of law and precedent that's been developed that the new panel will cite to, right? The, the cement is not just wet, it's hardening around the feet of Donald Trump because each new panel cites to the prior panel's rulings. It's going to be very difficult now for panel number three or panel number four of the Circuit Court of, Court of Appeals to say, yeah, we're going to go another way. We're mavericks, even, even the Trumpers. In fact, in the decision that just came down in the last three or four days against Mark Meadows and that whole group of people, that dozen people, one of the people that voted, one of the people that voted against Donald Trump was a Trump appointee. That's how bad things are going for Donald Trump at the Court of Appeals level, at the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals level. And then when he lost that, as I said, he didn't even go to the U.S. Supreme Court. He's had two opportunities to do that in the last month, and even Donald Trump and his lawyers said, mm, pass. So that's what's going to happen here. He filed today the notice of appeal. He's trying to get the ruling in his favor if he gets the panel in his favor, but the panel's got to rely on the precedent and the law that's already been set by other panels in the last month or two months, and the Supreme Court precedent that's already been set against Donald I say, wow, Popak, that was a masterful Lord Popak. Popak. I said that was a masterful analysis and summary. Trump on papers, on presidential papers, on executive privilege, on attorney-client privilege, right? He's not just swimming upstream. He's heading into a buzzsaw of losing and failure. So here's what's going to happen. So you can follow this at home. If you're playing the home game, the Donald Trump appeal home game, here's how it works. Donald Trump files a notice of appeal, which he did today. He's asking for an emergency uh, process, an emergency appeal process. That will then get assigned randomly to three judges. Could be one or more of the judges that have already ruled against him on similar executive privilege issues, but it doesn't have to be. Could be three new judges. You know, there's over 20 judges in the D.C. Circuit Court. Get a random three. They'll set a very quick briefing schedule. I don't know if it's 72 hours, like Evan Corcoran's briefing schedule, or 24 hours, like Mark Meadows and others' briefing schedule. Well, it's going to be quick. They're not going to stretch this out three or four months on Mike Pence. They'll ask for full briefing in a very short amount of time, probably in the month of April, if not shorter. They will rule against Donald Trump on the assertion of executive privilege. Probably once we see the, uh, again, it's all secret, once we see the filings in the future, you know, history will look at the filings, or I will when they get released. 
and will report back that it's likely because the argument that Donald Trump is making, which is, I'm the ex-president, I have the executive privilege, is a dead-bang loser. D-O-A, dead on arrival, last rights. And that's probably why he keeps losing. So he'll lose again, and then there'll be nothing to stop Mike Pence from going before the grand jury. Now, in the meantime, he's got to ask for a stay from the appellate court whenever, when it's finally constituted, which will be later today. Because Judge Bozberg, Chief Judge Bozberg, was asked for a stay by Evan Corcoran and by Jim Trustee. And Bozberg said, no way, I'm not staying my order. Pence goes into the grand jury. Now, Pence going into the grand jury and that order, unless uh, Donald Trump and his lawyers, Corcoran and Trustee, get a stay from the appellate panel, Pence could go in right now and testify. And if he doesn't, he'll be in contempt of court. But we'll have to see how that plays out. This, I think, is going to go very, very quickly. So what do we have so far to wrap up the hot take? Donald Trump, as expected, appealed again to stop Mike Pence from testifying against him at one of or all three grand juries that are pending against Donald Trump. Um, Mike Pence, however, has elected not to fight it and said, I'm willing to testify as long as I don't have to testify about what happened in the Senate chamber at that particular moment when I was a legislator. So that's fine. You testify about everything else, Mike Pence, to get to the criminal intent of Donald Trump, the pressure campaign on Mike Pence brought by Donald Trump and those around him like John Eastman to get him to certify a phony election results, fake electoral certificates that were being submitted, send it over to the, to the state legislators and let them, which are mainly Republican, mainly majority, try to give it over to Donald Trump like some election from the 1800s we learned about in history class. Okay, that's the campaign that's going on against the pressure campaign against Mike Pence he's going to testify to. Mike Pence going out and getting legal advice from a former, very well-considered conservative federal judge, J. Michael Luddick, to get him to give him advice, which, he, which the advice was, you can't stop the election, certify. Certify the election for Joe Biden, move on. He'll testify to all that. And now we'll see what happens. With, we'll watch carefully which three judges get picked at random, because we'll know right away. And even if it's three Republicans, even if it's three Trumpers, it's going to be very difficult to move away from the body of precedent and, and prior case law that's already been established in the last month by other panels of that same circuit to give Trump a win. To win, he's got to have the executive privilege, but he doesn't hold it anymore. I'm um, posting an Instagram. Um, <clears throat> of my comments. Nah, what a burn.
and so it's not and selection it's insurrection neo-nazi fuck PAB pussy ass bitch Mike Pence and another and other, and other fucking assholes Trump going down clown going down cancel that bitch So, um, how are you guys doing? We hit like 110k. It's pretty awesome. How about jailbreak? Jailbreak! Is wear your scars with prides. Um, that's uh. <clears throat> Yeah, I have a couple scars on my on my face. Yeah, um <clears throat> this message says firearms are the number one cause of death for children in the US, not books. Drag queens. Hey. Oh yeah. 
Okay. It's the other, um... Crazy. Reinstated. The Nashville Metropolitan Council has voted unanimously to reinstate expelled Tennessee Democrat Justin Jones back to a seat in the Tennessee House. What about what about Justin Pearson? Oh, that's fucking awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. Congratulations, Justin Jones. What about Justin Pearson? How about they called a vote to expel all those fucking Republican assholes who did this? Their conduct was unlawful. Jailbreak. Down it down and down. Congratulations, Justin Jones. What about Justin Pearson? Who voted to... Um, Where's the Tennessee Democrats? Tennessee, uh, 
Tennessee Democrat Party. Tennessee, Tennessee Democrats. Where's Democrats? Democratic Democrats. Democrats, I can't find them. Tennessee, TN. Mm. Yeah, that's also good news. <clears throat> Jailbreak. Do 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 do. Jailbreak. See what other groovy stuff's going on. Yeah, there was a spike. I don't know what it was. Maybe my ads are getting better. Thomas tells Trump to fuck off. Hmm. Mm, I doubt it. But let's see what. Uh, After this video, still has your life to is say. never going to be the same. So I need you to stop whatever you're doing. So, folks, my goodness, one thing that is especially awesome to witness is how old Donnie, who's never actually had real friends in his life, he's never actually had people that are really loyal to him in, like, their hearts. It's all been about transaction. He is losing even those people right now. So whether we're talking about rank-and-file Trumpers that are starting to ditch him and rank-and-file people, some of whom voted for him, are starting to ditch him, you're also seeing it at the very pinnacle, as some of his best judicial friends, like Clarence Thomas, has told him to F off and retire in a secret private meeting. And my goodness, guys, it's only going to get worse, because Donald Trump is trying to yet again drag a case before the Supreme Court and his buddy Clarence, but he's been told to F off like he's been told so many times. So watch these clips which showcase not no, only the vulnerability of Trump, as well as some new data showing that the average American person, including some of the people that may have voted for Trump once or twice, are turning against him and acknowledging his criminality. But also we'll get into how his latest legal effort is Failing at lightning speed. Yeah, World War Three on World Easter. World War Three on Easter, Easter Sunday. All, all this Thank crazy you. Crazy stuff. Nice. Actually, the number of Americans who believe he should be indicted went up five percent this week. Yeah. So since Bragg came forward with charges, and I, I will say again, for me. There wasn't a lot of there there. I know you disagree with no, me, it's and that's the, fine. But even a though crime is a crime is a crime. there wasn't a lot of there there, in my opinion, for Americans, 5% uh, more Americans this week believe that Donald Trump should have been indicted than last week, which gets to what you always say about Chris Christie. Yeah. No indictment is good. He is right about he, that. People like to talk about how, oh, this indictment's going to be great for Trump. Not <laughs> in the general election. Yeah. It's just not... 50% of Americans now believe he should be charged. Only one out nice. of three Americans don't think he should have been charged. So all that witch hunt stuff, all that talk, all the talk of violence, death and destruction, World War III, one out of three Americans believe that. Uh, but 50% of majority of Americans believe even after the indictments came forward with no new surprises, 
still think he should have been charged. That's, well, that's fascinating. And then you look at the Republican Party. Number one, Republicans, none of them openly coming out and saying, he didn't do that. He would never, <laughs> never have an affair with a porn star and pay her <laughs> off. No, not one came out and said, I, I can't believe that you guys are accusing our former president right. of doing that. No. And secondly, secondly, political malpractice. Political malpractice, political stupidity, not to think that this would impact Donald Trump in some well, way. Especially when, especially the general election, which is something that the former attorney general said, 53% of adults believe Trump intentionally did something illegal. 11% think he acted wrongly, but not intentionally. And only one out of five Americans think he did nothing wrong at all. Uh. I would like to meet those yeah, people that I has would. to be a fascinating uh cross current of, uh, of americans huh. uh, reverend al still with us and uh, join the conversation we have white house editor for politico sam stein sam you you guys do a lot of polls these polls fascinating uh that <gasps> that actually more people today believe donald trump should have been indicted as he was right. uh then on april the first before the indictments and we heard an awful lot about how the indictments weren't as strong as they should have been, uh, that, that they may even be dismissed outright. But just as a lot of Republicans were saying, like Chris Christie, any indictment's a bad indictment. The numbers are proving it. Yeah. Uh, there's two polling trucks that we're keeping close tabs on. One is the number of people who believe he was rightfully indicted, which you just highlighted there, which goes up and has gone up. I think the more people hear about it, the more they're tuned to it, the more they say, okay, maybe there's some here. But the other polling chart that we're keeping close eyes on are the percentage of vote that Donald Trump will get in a Republican primary. And those are also going up, perhaps even more than the former track. And so you have this paradox of Trump, right? No indictment is a good indictment. I think we can set that as the baseline. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. At the same time, he is rising in popularity in the context of a Republican primary. And you can just foresee the situation. What the you know, fuck is wrong with December you mental degenerates? 2023, the Iowa caucus is right around the corner. He's got to focus. He needs to win this one. And he's stuck in a courthouse in New York City. Or he's on True Social banging away at the DA saying this is World War III. You know, that's a huge distraction. It takes him off the trail. It takes away resources that he could be spending elsewhere because he has to spend them on lawyers. It's not a good thing for him, but it's also not a great thing for the Republican Party writ large. Jen Palmieri, your new piece for Vanity Fair is entitled My Career Has Seen Many Powerful Men Get Caught in Sex Scandals. Donald Trump knows he's vulnerable. And you write in part, quote, my career, which began in the early 1990s, aligned with the dawn of a new age of accountability. So it did not surprise me when, out of the three criminal investigations of former President Donald Trump currently underway, it was the one involving a cover-up of an affair that resulted in the first indictment against him. Many Trump opponents are still looking for him to pay a price for his more offensive actions toward women, democracy, and a host of other sins. But the public's frustration is not what the criminal justice system is there to rectify, nor should it be a vessel to satisfy the public's political desires. Political accountability happens at the ballot box, and Trump has already paid the highest price by having voters reject him in 2020. But those looking for him to pay a heavier price for his actions or just hoping for a bit of schadenfreude can find solace in the Manhattan case. 
the underlying fact that he sought to cover up the alleged affair, the anger that was apparent on his face in the courtroom, and the constant enraged haranguing of prosecutors all revealed the same truth. Donald Trump knows he is he's vulnerable. He's a sore loser. And so, Jenna, I take it you get that it's not surprising that it started and ended, ended with covering up an affair with a porn As star. As always. But yet one thing does seem different, and that is that it, it seemed like during the age of, of Bill Clinton and all of that, um, there was shock. People were shocked about what happened. They considered what happened to be not good. And here, you don't have a lot of Republicans saying that it didn't happen or, or <laughs> expressing shock that it did. It's just a, it's just accepted that it happened. Yeah, they won't go. The um, Republicans that are defending Trump, they just they don't go to the substance of the charge against him or the underlying uh, bad behavior on his part. They just lead to the to the process and try to make it um, and try to make it political. But I mean, one of the things I say in the piece is I, I understand the concept of, of rooting for your political opponent to be convicted of a crime. That's the uh -huh. human thing to do. But it's a misplaced sense of what it means to be held accountable in a democracy. Um, and this, you know, there was a similar charge. I worked for John Edwards. There's a, a not not identical but similar charge against him. Ultimately, a jury decided that the prosecution had not made their case, and he there was a mistrial there. He was not convicted. I was glad. I did not want him to be. I, I did not want to see John Edwards go to jail. Um, but you know, these things are up to juries. They're not up to uh, you know. They're not up to, They're not subject to public opinion. It doesn't mean that public opinion doesn't matter. And even though Republicans aren't talking about the underlying behavior, bad behavior of Trump, as you said, Mika, voters are. And, you know, there was a lot of consternation mm -hmm. and Democrats were fretting that this is the, the this Stormy Daniels case is not the best case to move forward. Let me be a woman, 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 woman. First, as if it would be appropriate or for prosecutors to coordinate on these matters, which of course it's not. Um, but I just don't think that's true. I think people understand the, and you see polling, last week there was polling that 60% of uh, people polled said that they supported the indictment. Um, I know there's new polling this week that suggests that number may go even higher, but you know, from sketchy behavior with a woman that Donald Trump does to protect himself politically, I think Americans hear that and say, yeah, that checks would out. That sounds like something that guy would do. Call her horse face. So you can see that. Little fucking pig. Is vulnerable. For the first time in his life, he's been this vulnerable, and people are realizing it. Right? Obviously, he lost in 2020, and he lost in 2022, uh, you know, and 2018. He wasn't on the ballot those, those first and third times, but the man clearly is not invincible. But there's still been, up until recently, this sense that the man was somehow invincible to consequences. And he believed that, and his supporters believed that, and many people on our side even believe that. But that's changing now, and that's critical, because once someone loses the aura of invulnerability, they lose confidence. Their own supporters start to shake in their, in their, their steadfast loyalty to him. And people with options start to look for off-ramps. People that were loyal to Trump, you know, employees, judges, politicians, that would be willing to stick out their neck for him when he was president and or seen as invulnerable, now aren't willing to do so, right? And so Donald Trump earlier today 
has taken a loss at record speed. He's already making a move that's destined to defeat. We know a couple weeks ago, his former VP came out and said, uh, you know, I don't think I should be forced to testify uh, on certain questions before Jack Smith because uh, in my capacity as uh, president of the Senate, like a, uh, a member of the, 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 of the Senate, essentially, uh, some of the things I, I, I talked about are covered under that and are therefore inadmissible in a, 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 a criminal prosecution. And he won that part of the case, but the judge still said he has to testify. But Donald Trump is trying to force everything else to not testify through his own thing that he's going to drive all the way up the court <gasps> system to the Supreme Court. And he's going to get told to F off, guys. It's already happened. We've talked about how his own picks, like Amy Coney Barrett and all these people, have said to him, stop wasting our time. They're either not taking his cases, or when they are, he's losing unanimously 8-1, all of that. Because they know that nah, they have yeah. a job to do evil on behalf of the American right. But Donald Trump is a major Can't distraction, get away with it. and he's a major blemish, even for them. And so right now, Donald Trump is going to lose again. He's losing again in front of the Supreme Court, because the argument is the same one he's made literally dozens of times and failed every single time. Uh -huh. I have executive privilege. No, you don't. Ergo, I can force my executive privilege onto somebody else. No, you can't. To make them not speak, because what they said to me still applies as being presidential secrets. No, they aren't. And so, he's taking that big loss. And it's especially the case that Clarence Thomas and others are, 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 are sick of it right now, because they're going through their own controversies. He's going through his own major controversy right now, and rightfully so, about the bribery and taking money from a Nazi, uh, you know, aficionado uh, who loves to collect all those sorts of things. It's wild stuff, guys. And it's a sign that they're like, leave us alone, Donald. Leave us alone. We have our own scandals. We have our own priorities. We don't care if you rot in prison or not. We do not care. We have bigger fish to fry, and you need to F off and retire, one, because we, we don't care about you, and two, because we are evil. Like, none of this is, none of this is to cheer the right-wingers in the Supreme Court, but it's like, we are evil, and we want to do evil stuff to destroy this country, but you're getting in our way. Go away. Rot away. F off. Retire. Let us get to work. And that's what they're saying to Trump, and that's what they're going to keep on saying to him, especially as they build their own scam. Hey guys, look, I just hit the gym and I wanted to jump on here real quick and share a piece of advice, okay? If anyone tells you that's just the way it is, you do not have to accept that. A few years ago, I wasn't doing so hot. I was weight, I was tired all the time, I had the brain fog thing going on, and everybody told me, well champ, you're just getting old. But I'm here to tell you, they were wrong. I discovered that it doesn't have anything to do with age at all. I turned things around my way. And at 60 plus, I feel better than I ever have. Trust me, you just need a little knowledge. So I made this little video for you. I hope you check it out. How's everybody doing? Good. Oh, welcome to the show. I'm the busiest man on TV. I don't know if you've heard, but at 65, uh, I have now become a fashion style icon. To fuck off, okay. Subscription.
Congratulations. Hello, darlings. Hi there, Cheeky Poo. My just see what's going on. Check out the goods. There's our settlement. Check out the goods, notifying Reinstated, that's awesome. <clears throat> Justin Jones got reinstated. Breaking Justice Department files appeal against dangerous federal ruling. Inside Doll with the Midas Touch Network just in. The Department of Justice has appealed the ruling out of Texas. The ruling said that the FDA approval more than 20 years ago of the abortion pill Mephipristone was illegal, banning it throughout the country. He stayed his order for seven days, allowing right. for this appeal. The Department of Justice and their appeal said, quote, that the ruling upended decades of reliance by blocking FDA's approval of methopristone and depriving patients of access to the safe and effective treatment based on the court's own misguided assessment of the drug's safety. Misguided, I think, is a polite word. Outrageous is one that I would use. So let's get into the court's own outrageous statements. Now, right off the bat, in the very beginning, he says that he is not going to use the term fetus. He's only going to say unborn human. Right there, I mean, this opinion is really only supposed to be about whether or not the FDA properly went through their own methods to approve a, um, the pill, the abortion pill. He's not there to decide whether or not it was morally right or even legally right in terms of constitutional rights just did they go through their proper procedures but he's revealing his bias by declaring it to be an unborn human and not only that but let's take a close look at the language he says well, hi there hi there mommy hi everyone and mark barton here at sandy Hook oh, Thomas. Man. on december 14 2012 quote that the synthetic steroid that blocks the hormone progesterone Hi, helps Kelly. nutrition Hi, my and love. ultimately Hi, go, How starves doing? the unborn Hi, human Kelly. until death. Did that sound like somebody who doesn't have an opinion on whether or not um, Hi, some, it's a fetus? Of where life begins. Doing, huh? This judge isn't there to determine what when life doing? begins. He clearly has a bias with his description of starving the oh unborn God, human to death. But that's just the beginning of it. Let's look at some How of his other language. Not? Now, he has to decide whether or not the sure. group bringing the suit has standing. And in fact, I think that if the Supreme Court decides that they don't want to kind of radically um, expand on their, uh, let's say, pro-life views, they will dismiss this case based on standing. Because it is not a, a woman who took the abortion pill or didn't take the abortion pill that is actually suing here. It is a uh, these organizations that are trying, you know, um, anti-abortion organizations that are trying to reverse the FDA approval. So in his argument, 
for why these organizations have standing and why it's not better to actually have um, the woman herself have these things standing, right? Because she would have the harm. If this wasn't a pill, as they're trying to allege, she would have the harm. That would be clear standing. This third party standing is much murkier. And the Supreme Court loves to decide based on procedure and not substance. So this could give them an out. And in his argument for trying to say why they have standing, his no, bias, I would say, against women in general, but certainly against women who choose to have an abortion, is very revealing. So he's saying why the woman shouldn't be the one to bring this suit is because a woman who has an abortion, quote, experiences shame, regret, anxiety, depression, drug abuse, and suicidal thoughts because of the abortion. And this language kind of gets continued throughout the opinion. He really only talks about the harm, the trauma that is caused to women who have an abortion never talks about any kind of trauma just from an unplanned pregnancy the trauma a woman might have for um, being forced to carry a child to term as he would say um you know if they've been raped or if there's been incest or even the trauma related to uh, adoption um he, he only talks about there being trauma with respect to abortion so again clearly biased there but he says that because of this trauma from a, a woman would have as a result of an abortion, he says, again, that that is kind of an argument for why they shouldn't have to bring this case. And specifically, adverse abortion experiences that are often deeply traumatizing pose a hindrance to a woman's ability to bring suit. In short, plaintiffs, rather than their patients, are most likely the least awkward challenger to defendants' actions. Okay, now that is just, as a female, that whole thing is deeply troubling. He's basically saying that this poor woman should be protected. She shouldn't have to go through this suit. This has been too traumatic for her. This is going to be too awkward for her because she's not going to have an ability to bring this suit. You know, it almost comes to terms and sort of like, you know, smelling salts that this is going to be too much for her, that she just doesn't have it in her. I don't know. Has he not ever met a strong woman? Has he not the resiliency of women? But they need to be protected in his view. And that kind of is consistent, I think, with his whole abortion view. But the woman needs to pre be protected and not allowed to have an abortion because it's going to be too traumatic. So we need to take away that choice and protect her feelings. And then the abortion is so traumatic that she's not going to be able to bring the suit. So we need to protect her and not require her to bring the suit, but have some other third party do it for her. So... That just seems so offensive on many levels there. But he's not done. Another thing he says in the suit um, says uh, is that the, the unborn human has an individual justice and irreparable injury analysis 
that arguably applies to the unborn human extinguished by methoprestatone, especially in a post-Dobbs world. Okay, this is kind of shocking. And if the Supreme Court wants to really expand their view that um, a fetus is a human being under the law, they can use that quote and it's say that it's correct. And so I think that's why this opinion can kind of go two ways to the Supreme Court. They could either dismiss it on procedure grounds, because to be quite honest, Kavanaugh made such a big point that this should be a state's right issue. Can he flip it that quickly and now say, oh yes, federally this should be um, outlawed? I don't know. That's going to be tricky for him, I think, to write an opinion so soon after Dobbs. <laughs> but if they want to, and they probably, enough of them do want care. to, say that the fetus is a human, he just gave them that out by really saying that the, that this unborn human, he calls it fetus, uh, we would otherwise call it, has it individual justice and irreparable injury. So that's kind of big, and I think that's something to watch for to see if the Supreme Court takes that comment and, and um, says that, yes, that's true. Um, and then that completely changes the whole dynamic and outlook of abortion rights in this country if you then say the fetus is a human being under the law. Okay, the other thing is he references a lot the Comstock Act, which was, we're talking about from 1873. What? And it's been resurrected because parts of it were basically outlawed under like different con um, legal opinions that now Roe v. Wade has been reversed. And it basically is a morality act. So we're going back here to 1873 standards of morality. Let me just kind of read a little bit of what he says the Comstock Act um, is applying to. Now, it's, it declares every obscene, lewd, uh, indecent, filthy, or vile article, matter, thing, device, or substance to be non-mailable matter. I mean, this is the morality, the Victorian age morality that they're talking about here. And then his part is specifically the abortion part. Uh, or thing which is advertised or described in any manner calculated to lead another to use or apply for producing abortion or for any indecent or immoral purpose. I think that we should just be like shocked that an act from 1873 that is trying to manage our morals is being cited by a federal district judge in 2023. Yeah, they should be fucking That's where we're at. Very scary. And then the last kind of shocking thing he does is he basically accuses the Biden administration of promoting eugenics. He doesn't just basically does it he does it and let me quote him he's saying they, the defendant had um basically you know talked about the harm that is caused when women are forced to carry a child even though they want to have an abortion and and the difficulties that manage as a result of that and he says based on them bringing that up that they it says using abortion to promote eugenic goals is morally and prudentially debatable. So there you go. That is his 
very biased take on really only what was supposed to be was the FDA approval um, properly done. That was really his only question. And instead, he brings in all this bias, this, this bias about women, this bias about where, where, where does life begin, this bias about, you know, um, pro-choices going into genetics. And I, and I think so much of this language is going to be hard for the Supreme Court to stand with. And that may be the one kind of saving grace that even if enough justices on the Supreme Court are pro-life, he may have stepped too far with a lot of this language in order, you know, for them to endorse him. The best part of waking up? Maggot Tears in my cup. Check out the new Maggot Tears mug available now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. It's 100% union made right here in the USA. I know I'm not tired of winning yet. How about you? Get yours today. Bye. <clears throat> Freaking cool. Good job, DOJ. Acting so quickly. Let's get rid of this fucking judge. Designations of Roe B. Wade's. Okay. So, uh, said good job, DOJ, acting so quickly on that. That is more like a, let's get rid of this fucking judge and also tell Joe Biden to expand the courts now and demand the resignations of all six justices who overturned Roe v. Wade's. And said that Roe was settled law. Settled law. Settled row with an E Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, shout out to K A M P student radio at the university of Aristotle. No. KPYT, Pathfayaki, Travel Radio, Travel Radio, Travel Radio, on the Reds with Trista Show, Travel Radio. Baby Fifi, what a baby, I got a new baby. 
Um, anyway, so, let's see what else is new on, on, um, my such. Trump and GOP fully exposed and it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Fox News, other defamation lawsuits gets a massive update. Yeah. 21 minutes ago. Your dog is still licking their paws, itching, or suffering with seasonal allergies in 2023. Fuck off. Try this. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, Fox News and Fox Corporation has settled a case that is the precursor to the Dominion case in which they face a jury trial that starts in one week in Delaware Superior Court where they face $2.7 billion worth of damages, billion with a B, to get ready for that trial. They're trying to settle other cases so they don't have to worry and uh, handle those as well. One in particular was brought in New York federal court with sort of little publicity at the end of December 2022 by Majid Khalil, a Venezuelan legitimate businessman who was attacked by Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani through Lou Dobbs, through Maria Bartiromo on Fox News, accusing him of being the mastermind of a Venezuelan Dominion Smartmatic voting machine conspiracy in which um, they used technology that thrown the election for Hugo Chavez, the now deceased dictator of Venezuela. Fucking um, there ridiculous. And Sounds like a Jenny Thomas. That were being paid through uh, Mr. Khalil and Smartmatic and Dominion to legitimate voting system companies. And that somehow they picked on this poor guy and made him the Kaiser Sozi, the mastermind of a conspiracy Fucking that was made up and imaginary in the mind, the demented mind Charge of Sidney Powell. With Fox with so co-conspiracy. So filed, you know, like a 250-count paragraph complaint in federal court. And he had the benefit of a lot of information that he developed with Dominion, who had already Gosh. sued Fox News, Smartmatic, who had already sued Fox News. So using this body of work, this collective knowledge, he put it into his complaint in federal court and sued Sidney Powell and sued um, Fox News in New York Good. federal court. For that $2 case, billion? He was doing well. <laughs> he got through a motion to dismiss that was brought by Fox News and Fox Corporation. The court nah. finding that the allegations of defamation and the ridiculous. elements of defamation under under New York law Not have been outrageous. properly stated. And that case was going to go to trial. Not in 2023, maybe not even in 2024 as a civil case in federal court in New York. But it was going to go to trial, and it was a problem for Fox News and Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs, who already got canned as a host of Fox uh, uh, shows uh -huh. because... He got sued in this case, in Probably the defamation enough. case, and ultimately in the Dominion defamation case that's going on in Delaware. So, to be clear, Dominion suing Fox, 2.7 billion. Hey there, welcome back. So there's been a huge spike, like double what I've had before. I almost 4,000 in a day, which is pretty cool. So... I don't know uh, why. Maybe the... Um, oh, I think I know. Because the motherfuckers who are censoring my shit at DHS, they're probably on holiday. That's why. 
So anyway, thanks for 111k now. Um, you know, we let's revisit this uh, breaking Donald Trump indicted in New York. I ever finished oh, that. Would you pause it real quick? How dare you leftist George Soros? That's a madman. That is a deranged, vile individual. And if large media networks don't call it out, you know what? I don't even care anymore that large media networks don't call it out. You know, you know why? Because we've got their viewers now. Because they they've let facts. They've let people down, and so now people just want to hear the truth. They don't want to be gaslit. So make sure, by the way, you're subscribed to this YouTube channel. Subscribe right now. We just passed 1 million subscribers. And share with your We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Right now, this is the most watched live stream of all YouTube streams in the entire world right now uh, on this live Make sure you also subscribe to the Legal AF Podcast, where you get your podcasts. Please search Legal AF. I host it with Michael Popak and Karen Friedman Agnifilo. We've been breaking it's down these great. legal issues. Up. And if you've been following Legal AF, today was not a surprise. Um, we've been keeping you updated on this and other legal developments. Also, make sure you subscribe to the audio podcast for Midas Touch as well. This is a special edition of the Midas Touch podcast, but wherever you get your audio podcast, you could do it right now. Search Midas Touch, search Legal AF, search Political Beatdown. Of course, political you're going to want to subscribe to the Political Beatdown audio podcast. Show. Michael Cohen's the co-host. Yeah. Who, who, who more do you want to hear right. from now other than Popak, Karen Friedman, Agnifilo, and me? Fish but no, you got to hear from Michael Cohen yeah, on Political Beatdown, Lights On by Jessica Denson, uh, Politics Girl, The Weekend Show, Mayor Majority Kofa. 54, all of the Midas Touch shows. But Popak, your reaction. And again, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. Yeah. It's free. Popak. How many networks give um, probably the most influential witness in the history of <laughs> indictments a podcast? What more can you ask for, people? What more can you ask? Yeah, you can't ask for it. No one's doing that. We're doing it. Look, I'm going to back into I'm going to respond to it really quickly. I'm going to back into it. Everybody on this network, the founders and everybody that's affiliated with it in one way or the other, is a believer and a lover of a, of a healthy two-party system. We got a two-party system. We're not going parliamentarian. This is our system. Ever since we got rid of wigs and whatever else we learned in, in uh, high school and grammar school, this is it. And I've always been a supporter, believer, and lover of a two-party system. I've had plenty, and I still do, have plenty of friends that are not MAGA but are Republican, <laughs> and we need a healthy two-party system to make this great thing called democracy no. work. Right you now, we're one party system. short. Fuck this two party duopoly. The, uh, that one party has had itself co opted first by the Tea Party <laughs> movement. Well, you can go back further. First by Karl Rove, by Lee Atwater, which led to things like the Tea Party movement, which was not just an aberration, but eventually hollowed out the entire party and became the party now led by MAGA, QAnon, and everything else. And, and that is the party. So we are one party short in a two-party system. We got a party, the, the Democrats, and we got this thing that's a that's a. We cult. got a terrorist this, this organization. In terms in terms of sort of where we are in that process, believers of justice, believers in democracy, 
have to get behind the fact that this president has been indicted. I grew up in the, um, you know, like I was a kid in the 70s and 80s. I watched Watergate on television as a small child. You know, everybody got together, Republican and Democrat and Independent, to, to call out a corrupt president. And we found that that was part of our civic and patriotic duty to do that. And it made us sad, but it was necessary. When that helicopter flew away from the White House, like, you know, leaving Saigon, um, the fall of Saigon with Nixon in it, you know, we went into a healing process through Ford, through Carter and everything else. That's what should be happening now, but because we don't have a party, we have a corrupted party on the other side that has fallen in love um, and, and at the knee of Donald Trump, um, the way cultists do. Uh, I mean, pick yourselves up, party. You know, have some pride. It's okay to acknowledge that the guy that was your standard bearer that you voted for, like all these people that these bumper stickers, don't blame me, I voted for Trump, that your guy was corrupt. It's okay to acknowledge that. You know, that's the first step in healing. The first step in any, in any, in any uh, self-help program is admit you have a problem. Admit that Donald Trump is a problem instead of the greatest president that this, that this history has ever known above Lincoln, above Washington, above Jefferson, FDR, and everybody else. It is ridiculous. Call it out for what it is. He was corrupt when he was in business. I watched it because I lived in this area during the time. He was corrupt when he owned casinos. He was corrupt when he developed hotels. He was corrupt um, when he worked with his father. He was corrupt the whole way on Celebrity Apprentice and multi-level marketing schemes. He was corrupt when he got in the White House. And a guy that's corrupt acts corrupt. And he brought all of his people with him and all his henchmen. And he continued to create a kleptocracy in the White House that finally, because he can't help himself as we see now, which finally got him into trouble because he touched every burner on the stove. You know, he, he, he blew through every guardrail of democracy that our founding fathers put in place. And then, wow. and then said, catch me if you can. Okay, you got caught. You got caught today. You're going to get caught tomorrow with Bonnie Willis. You're going to get caught the next day with Jack Smith. And instead of being upset about it, and call it a shame on America and a witch hunt. His followers should need to, the scales need to drop from their eyes, and they need, they need to call it for what it is. That's the first step in patriotism. And we do it as Democrats. When we've got corrupt Democrats, we call it out, and we send them into the wilderness for a while, whether it's Bill Clinton and his problems, or, you know, uh, you, you know really anybody. If Obama had done what Donald, half of what Donald Trump had done, he'd be in jail already. And the Democrats would be the first one to lead them there. That's the difference in the party. And that's what this network is founded on. No doubt about it. And that this network is also founded upon bringing everybody the news as it happens, unfiltered. And we are just now learning as well that you could take this for what it's worth. Once again, it's coming from a Trump source. But Trump attorney <laughs> Joe Takapina has told at least NBC News at this point that Trump is expected to surrender to the Manhattan yeah. DA's office early next week. So there you have it, straight from Joe Takapina, who has surely made a spectacle of himself on the airwaves in, in recent <laughs> He's not weeks. even the lead lawyer. He's the lead lawyer. He plays a lawyer on television for Donald Trump. But Susan Necklace is the lead lawyer. We've talked about this on all, all versions of Legal AF and in our hot takes. Susan Necklace 
who lost the 17-count indictment and conviction for the Trump Organization. For whatever reason, Trump still has faith in her, and she is the lead person that is the criminal defense lawyer for Donald Trump in the Stormy Daniels affair. Takapina may be carrying her bag, her litigation bag, her attache case, but he is not the lead lawyer, as we've seen. He's not ready for prime time, at least not for Donald <laughs> yeah. Trump. It's interesting. He's got like... He, he, I was going to say, he's got like his TV lawyers who, you know, were on the air for him. And then he's got the uh, the people who are working behind the scenes. And I think it's interesting who he puts out there on the airwaves to go on the Foxes, to go on the Ari Melbers, and who he's got working behind the scenes. I, I got to say, Jordy has been probably prepared for this moment, maybe, perhaps more than just about anybody. I mean, I'm sure the Midas Mighty has seen this, but if you're new, you got to see the indictment season t-shirt uh, that we got in the Midas Let's Touch go. store at store.midastouch.com. And just watch Jordy's brilliance here, folks. I'm play it for you right now. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. Did you know poop can stay stuck oh in your God. butt for over Shut two up. decades? If you're not pooping at least once Don't a day, poop out that your face, bitch. a house or a laptop, which one do you think is worth more? Which well, one definitely not the house, but it not only costs millions. Index exclusively at store.midastouch.com. Come on, Jordy, go away. Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta, gotta love it. I'm gonna get one. Let's, Let's, go. Let's go. Let's go. him up. What a big day. What a big day. I never thought you'd make lying wrong again. That's a new one. I like that one. We got it. We got it. We got it all in the store at store.midastouch.com. So check it out. Great way to celebrate. And, and Ben, I think we got another incredible uh, guest. Michael Popak, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Everybody, make sure you subscribe to the Legal AF podcast that I host with Michael Popak and Karen Friedman Agnipolo. It's on twice a week. Wherever you get your audio podcast, just search Legal AF. It is always an honor to host that show with you, Michael Popak, as well as uh, Karen Friedman Agnipolo. What a superstar uh, she is, and it's such a privilege to have her on our uh, network. Right Thank you so you. much, Michael Popak. We, we appreciate you. And everybody, make sure you hit subscribe <laughs> right now. Uh, on this YouTube channel, it is free. This is network. now the most watched stream, as my face is chopped in half. This fun. is the most watched stream on all of YouTube in the entire world wow. right now. More people <laughs> are watching this coverage, and I think people are watching this coverage over other news because I think the large media... Most watch stream. No. Most watch stream on YouTube in the world. <clears throat> Congratulations, guys. For you, it's about to be a producer. <clears throat> Most watched stream. Oh, connection to the server timed out. Networks have just lost their way. You know, people are sick and tired of being gaslit. People are sick and tired of hearing the Donald Trump cult 
be normalized by large media networks. And here at the Midas Touch Network, we just call them out. We say, that's a fascist. That's what a traitor looks like. That is what a criminal looks like. And Why do we say that? Because that is the truth. And one of our biggest truth tellers here on the Midas Touch Network is Jessica Denson, host of the Lights On podcast with Jessica Denson. It's one of the new podcasts we have here on the Midas Touch Network. And Jessica's journey, for all who don't know her story, is she worked for a brief period of time in that 2016 Trump campaign. She worked in the Trump campaign in one of their uh, Latina outreach uh, divisions. Um, she left it uh, fairly uh, early after the heinous and despicable uh, conduct was revealed uh, to her. She sued Donald Trump. Um, she prevailed in her lawsuit. And she's the reason why Donald Trump's NDAs have been completely abolished. Um, and Jessica Denson just started, just as Jessica Jessica took on Donald Trump, her against Trump's army of lawyers all by herself. Uh, she then assembled a legal team as uh, her uh, fighting spirit uh, for democracy became very, very, very clear and apparent and a big victory. But she showed the path of how you um, win in a legal fight with Donald Trump. And how just one person oh, shit, has easy. that it's power. So it's an honor to have Jessica Denson here share her thoughts. And again, it's an honor to be Actually, Jessica Denson's sidekick Denson's on weakness. the Lights On Achilles podcast. Heel. So search Lights On. So Jessica, <laughs> historic, historic, historic. Are Trump's Achilles heel? Exclamation point. So Day, what is your reaction to this news? Joy to the world is my reaction. Joy to the world. Um, this is this is I think the beginning of a great exhaling that the free Joy world is going to, to begin world. to take when when. Um. So I wrote. I just want to say that Trump's Achilles heel. I just want to say that Trump's Achilles heel is he loses all his court battles, LOL. So everybody keep that in mind. Let's keep those indictments coming in the avalanche in which they happened to us and traumatized us as a nation. Justice for this, this traitor, this treasonous, corrupt, um, 
one evil. individual He's who has lived, evil. enjoyed a lifetime of impunity, <clears throat> harming so many people around the world is finally coming to justice. I'm, I'm so happy. Actually, our mutual friend that, El Paso, that, um, Sheriff that Salazar put us in touch, and demand update on network, indicting and, and, DeSantis uh, and, we just and were able to share, Abbott um, of Texas so for human trafficking. Um, being the first, because we, we have lived inside of this corruption. We have seen this corruption firsthand both going blindly in to support this man and to thinking very ignorantly at one point that he was somebody who actually had a spirit of good uh, for this country, which is completely not true. Um, and the and opposite. were deceived and put our good faith and goodwill into what we thought was a cause for American greatness and then experienced firsthand what a criminal, corrupt enterprise he has been running for years. So I'm, I'm so, so happy. Um, I, I think that um, I put this out a little bit, a little while ago, there's going to be all kinds of commentary, all kinds of sowing of doubt and speculation of was, you know, why is this the first charge? This wasn't the strongest. You know, I've, I've already rebutted that on the Lights On podcast about how, how serious it is for a president to deceive the, the public to gain power, to gag someone. And fucking removed power. from course, office, I, I so much exclamation point. With, with the NDAs. But it's actually quite fitting because it's chronological. <laughs> I don't know if you've been, Florida I don't Governor know if you've been watching the live coverage, so maybe you've already touched on this, but Texas I think it's so that of all of the crimes that we know about that Donald Trump has committed um, that are not outside of the statute of limitations. We're, we're, we're cleaning up chronologically, <laughs> starting with 2016 hush money payments, falsification of, of business records in 2017, and it's likely, not for sure, but it's likely going to be a chronological drop of indictments. Um, you know, maybe, possibly, um, the next will be Fonnie Willis with the 2020, 2021, January 6th uh, fallout, and then Jack Smith, uh, 2020. 21 and 2022 uh, Mar-a-Lago. So it may just be a very fitting chronological cleanup of the Donald Trump crime spree that we're witnessing here. Um, and I am I am so beyond anything grateful. You you guys know how invested I have been personally in wanting to push for justice and knowing that we absolutely, this can't be something that we just say, oh, well, you know, we'll deal with it with the political process. No, the criminal justice system has to handle the crimes of this man. Um, and so to be here with you who have amplified exclusively at store.midas.com. We have lived inside of this corruption. We have seen this traitor, this tra Believer and lover of a two-party system. I've had plenty, and I still do, and the parent, and a big victory, but she showed the path of how you um, win in a legal fight with Donald Trump, and how just one person has that power. So it's an honor to have Jessica Denson here share her thoughts, and again, it's an honor to be Jessica Denson's sidekick on the Lights On podcast, so search Lights On. So Jessica Historic, historic, historic day. What is your reaction to this news? Joy to the world is my reaction. Joy to the world. Um, 
win justice for this this traitor, this treasonous, corrupt. Jessica <clears throat> Denson on Trump indictment. Joy. She's joy to the Jessica Denson on Trump indictment. Joy to the world. Um, and I'm gonna I'm tweeting this and then I'm gonna congratulate Midas Touch. Midas Touch. Guys, congratulations, guys. It's huge.
my little nano chicky. Anyway. This traitor, this treasonous, corrupt um, individual who has lived, enjoyed a lifetime of impunity, harming so many people around the world. Denson said about Diaper Dawn's arrest. Joy to the world. I'm sharing this on, uh, I'm sharing this on, on, uh, YouTube. I said, Jessica Denson was one of the first people to beat Trump. I mean, diaper Don. In court. Denson said about Trump arrest, joy to the world. By the way, this live streaming of Midas Touch was the most streamed show on YouTube in the world at the time. Congratulations. So, voila. Congrats. I have 127 subscribers now. I think it's gone up like 10. For all the fucking hard work I do. I do. Is finally coming <clears throat> to justice. I'm, I'm so happy. Actually, our mutual friend that, that um, 
that put us in touch, that put me in touch with the Midas Touch Network, texted me and and, uh, and we just were able to share. Um, it was so wonderful to share with her um, being the first because we, we have lived inside of this corruption. We have seen this corruption firsthand, both going blindly into support this man and to thinking <coughs> very ignorantly at one point that he was somebody who actually had a spirit of good uh, for this country, which is completely not true. Um, and, and were deceived and put our good faith and goodwill into what we thought was a cause for American greatness and then experienced firsthand what a criminal, corrupt enterprise he has been running for years. So I'm, I'm so, so happy. Um, I, I think that um, I put this out a little bit, a little while ago. There's going to be all kinds of commentary, all kinds of sowing of doubt and speculation of was, you know, why is this the first charge? This wasn't the strongest. You know, I've, I've already rebutted that on the Lights On podcast about how, how serious it is for a president to deceive the public to gain power, to gag someone to gain power, and of course I, I have so much first-hand experience with this, with the NDAs, but it's actually quite fitting because it's chronological. <laughs> I don't know if you've been, I haven't been watching your live coverage, so maybe you've already touched on this, but I think it's so fitting that of all of the crimes that we have, that we know about, that Donald Trump has committed, um, that are not outside of the statute of limitations, we're, we're, we're cleaning up chronologically, <laughs> starting with 2016 hush money payments, falsification of, of business records in 2017, and it's likely, not for sure, but it's likely going to be a chronological drop of indictments. Um, you know, maybe, possibly, um, the next will be Bonnie Willis with the 2020-2021 January 6th uh, fallout, and then Jack Smith, uh, 20. 21 and 2022 uh, Mar-a-Lago. So it may just be a very fitting chronological cleanup of the Donald Trump crime spree that we're witnessing here. Um, and I am I am so beyond anything grateful. You you guys know how invested I have been personally in wanting to push for justice and knowing that we absolutely this can't be something that we just say oh well you know we'll deal with it with the political process no the criminal justice system has to handle the crimes of this man um and so to be here with you who have amplified my story and my fight in such a beautiful way you ben brett and jordy and everybody at midas touch have far and away been the strongest, most beautiful sharers of my story. And I can't thank you enough. So it's really special to be here with the three of you on this historic day. We appreciate that, Jessica. It's the least that we can do because you have fought to amplify our democracy. So for us to share your incredible work, with the world is frankly the least that we can do. But speaking of which, you have first-hand experience litigating against Donald Trump. You've been in the courtroom against Donald Trump's lawyers consistently. So from your experience, what advice would you give to people who are now litigating against Donald Trump, who are in the courtroom from somebody who won their legal battle against Donald Trump? 
the number one, the absolute number one piece of advice is stay focused. Don't don't move. Don't move. They're going to throw so much noise. They're going to throw so much gaslighting. Um, I've talked about this before, how they, they took my behavior as one individual woman out there who literally started on her own to save my life and continue to have meaning in the world and anything that I went forward with. I realized that that was my premise from, for, for bringing this lawsuit in the first place was if I don't do this, I'll never stand for anything in this world. I have to do this now. And they threw so much shit at the fan in my case to try to distract, to try to call my behavior political when they are the most political actors in the world. Just stay focused. Don't move. My case experienced significant delays and setbacks. They tried to change forums. They tried to go judge shopping. They did every single thing they possibly could to get me to move from my mark. And I just simply never moved. So that's my number one piece of advice. Don't move. I have great faith that this grand jury did not get to this point on a weak premise. They got here on a very strong premise. I think that um, Alvin Bragg has, has done a very methodical job, job of getting here. I think that it's quite evident that the other prosecutors investigating Trump time is the biggest indicator how much time it's taken them to get to this point. And God knows all of us wished this would have happened sooner. But the one thing that time has given them is the opportunity to really strengthen and solidify their base, their, their framework, and their, um, you know, the rock that they're standing on. And like I said, biggest piece of advice, don't move from that rock. You have truth on your side. Truth has already So the Midas Mighty out there has all been very inspired by your story. Um, what else would you like to tell the Midas Mighty on historic day? What, what should they be prepared for? Uh, what, 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 what would you tell them to start reflecting on as, you know, we should expect that these MAGA Republicans who don't like the rule of law, who support insurrections, who brag about singing with the J6 choir. I mean, how humiliating. Who hold rallies, wacko waco rallies, supporting people like uh, David Koresh, who's a pedophile terrorist, um, and, 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 and support people like that, who like, do Timothy McVeigh rallies. Like... It, it, it isn't normal times, folks, with this modern-day MAGA Republican Party. So what, what, what is it that you want to kind of tell all the Midas Mighty out there that they should be prepared for, again, from someone like you who has been in the trenches, in these legal battles for Donald Trump? Well, to the Midas Mighty, Midas Mighty is doing wonderful work. <laughs> I don't know. They don't need to be preached to. But one thing I can say is that is that, like I've said before, take great comfort and strength in the position that you are in, being on the side of truth, on the side of democracy. And I think you know this, Ben and Brett and Jordy, from building this network. The, the most important things that we do in life are not the easiest. 
they're the hardest, right? The hardest things are the things that give us the most gratification, the most blessing. When we handle the hardest things in our lives, they then keep us from from having to handle them again. <laughs> this is this is like the law of the universe. When we are brave enough and courageous enough and we build those muscles to handle these hard situations, then we don't have to face them again. So we are we are facing a test and it is I always, you know, repeat this because I feel so grateful to be living in this moment of history to have the opportunity you and I and all of us out there for us to be the ones that have this opportunity to, to, to defend our democracy, to defend freedom for the future, to be the ones that say, no, authoritarians are not going to get away with committing crimes and treason in the freest country in the world and walk away. No, we are going to put an end to that on our watch. And it, will it be easy? Not necessarily. But is it absolutely necessary? Yes, it is. So to the Midas Mighty, you're already on the right track. You just don't waver. You take great faith. You be strong. Truth is on your side. Truth is already won. And just a message to, you know, the others um, in, in the is still in the grasp of Donald Trump and the grasp of Fox News and all this gaslighting people who are going to lie to them and tell them this is a political persecution and lie to them and tell them they're not after Donald Trump, they're after you. How dare they do that? Donald Trump has used and abused fucking terrorists. his own followers. He has sent his own followers to their death. This is healing and, and restitution and, and an answer and justice for them as well. How dare anyone tell the duped and deceived and lied to followers of Donald Trump that this is something that is after them. Hell no, this Wrong is for death. you, this is for a blessing for you. And even, you're ready for it, even a blessing for Donald Trump. I heard Popak just as I was coming on talk about healing. And that's at the, at the heart of the matter. If you go to just the, the moral foundation for our justice system it is for re re reformation i've talked about this before penitentiary the word penitentiary comes from penitence which means thought reform you know rethinking hmm. one's actions that is an absolute gift to a man like donald trump who in <laughs> 70 plus years on this earth has not yet had the opportunity to face the truth truth is the greatest gift Truth is love, folks. Truth is love. So this justice is an act of love even to Donald Trump. Wow. Before I toss it over to Brett, I just want to point out to everyone watching the screen outside the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, we just saw Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg leave the office, get into the SUV. That is what you're watching on the screen right now. You see the crowds beginning to gather around the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. The police have cordoned off. Um, a lot of the areas surrounding it, but uh, yes, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg just getting out of the office, getting into the SUV, leaving. That is what you just saw right there on TV Live here on the Midas Touch Network. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe right now as 1 million subscribers, and this is the most watched YouTube stream in the world right now. Uh, more people watching this than any news network in the entire world. And it's thanks to the Midas Mighty out there. None of this is possible without you. And, of course, to our great correspondents like Jessica Denson, Karen Friedman, Agnipolo, and others. Um, Brett, thoughts? 
Yeah, well, Jessica, I just want to say you are certainly one of the single strongest people I know, and your strength is contagious, your passion is contagious, your love is contagious, and on the contrary, Donald Trump is weak, and a lot of people think that Donald Trump is a strong <clears throat> man, but what you have showed is that when somebody with strength, when somebody with integ integrity stands up to a bully, look what happens. And that, I think, is what we are seeing right here as we see the images of Alvin Bragg in New York drive away. That is what we just saw there in New York. And I like that you frame this as a test, because what's coming is really a test of our institutions at the highest level. And I want to pull up right now some of these tweets that we are seeing uh, from the House Judiciary uh, Committee. Remember, this is supposed to be a committee that upholds the rule of law. And you see here the House Judiciary GOP. This is an account run by uh, none other than Jim Jordan. And in the sequence, he says at first, this happened in America. This happened in America. Sad day for our country. Nope, nobody is above the law, Jim Jordan, nobody. Then he retweets himself from the House <laughs> Judiciary account. Outrageous. Then the next tweet mm -hmm. he echoes his Trump, Elon, Kanye tweet, the infamous, famous tweet where uh, he put a curse on all these people, I think, because uh, between that list, uh, everybody knows what happened with all three of those people at this point. And he goes, Mueller, Schiff, <laughs> Bragg, which, once again, as you're just listing the people who are investigating Donald Trump's crimes, like you're just calling attention to Donald Trump's criminality here. And Brett, didn't they also post that one which was like, Kanye... Elon, that's what Trump, I just said. Yeah, that's, and, and they, but it, it's just Jim, it's just Jim Jordan having a conversation with himself on Twitter. Like that's what he does. He he, he doesn't do anything. He he just he yells at himself on Twitter. I mean, Sorry, I wasn't listening to you, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I literally another another five problems. I, I was literally like, and this echoes the kind of. You know, <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of the whole point of what the whole point of what he was saying. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> the entire synopsis of it. But 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 all good. Good to know you're paying attention there, Ben. And then now let's look at this. Uh, let's look at this absolute <laughs> detestable, despicable traitor, uh, Kevin McCarthy. And what Kevin McCarthy had to say here. Kevin McCarthy tweets out, Alvin Bragg has irreparably damaged our country in an attempt to interfere in our presidential election as he routinely frees violent criminals to terrorize the public. He weaponized our sacred system of justice against Donald, President Donald Trump. Once again, not president. And once again, crime is actually down in New York year over year. They just spread these lies because they know that they could talk crap about American cities. And it's actually very offensive to a lot of America, the way they speak about uh, American cities. And you, you haven't talked about Bakersfield yet, Fred. I didn't miss that. And, no, I haven't talked about <laughs> Bakersfield. Kevin, Kevin McCarthy's hometown, which is one of the single count. most called Killing County, if everybody's seen the documentary that Ben here uh, produced with Colin Kaepernick. It's Killing County. They have the most police shootings per capita. They are have the most homicides in all of California. So maybe Kevin McCarthy should be concerned about his own backyard, which has a much higher crime rate than all the cities that he rails on. And let's pull no, up you know what they're up. focused on, though, Brett? You know what these MAGA Republicans want to talk about? Washing machines? Gas stoves? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, well, well okay, ready? I'll give you the choice. I'm excited. Already, is it pronouns? Is it M&M's? This week we're talking about this week. Is it Mr. Potato Head? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Anyway, shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University. Michael Popak, Legal AF, Fox News and Fox Corporation, has settled a case that is the precursor to the Dominion case in which they face a jury trial that starts in one week in Delaware Superior Court, where they face $2.7 billion worth of damages, billion with a B, to get ready for that trial. They're trying to settle other cases so they don't have to worry and uh, handle those as well. One in particular was brought in New York federal court, sort of little publicity, at the end of December 2022 by Majid Khalil, a Venezuelan legitimate businessman who was attacked by Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani through Lou Dobbs, through Maria Bartiromo, on Fox News, accusing him of being the mastermind of a Venezuelan Dominion Smartmatic voting machine conspiracy in which um, they used technology that helped thrown the election for Hugo Chavez, the now deceased <laughs> dictator of Venezuela, uh, that there was bribes and kickbacks. Sounds like you need to that read that with a George accent. Through uh, Mr. Khalil and Smartmatic and Dominion to legitimate voting system companies, and that somehow they picked on this poor guy and made him the Kaiser Sozi, the mastermind of a conspiracy that was made up and imaginary in the mind the demented mind of Sidney Powell. So Majid Khalil filed, you know, like a 250-count paragraph complaint in federal court, and he had the benefit of a lot of information that he developed with Dominion, who had already sued Fox News, Smartmatic, who had already sued Fox News. So using this body of work, this collective knowledge, he put it into his complaint in federal court, and sued Sidney Powell and sued um, Fox News in New York federal court. That case, he was doing well. He got through a motion to dismiss that was brought by Fox News and Fox Corporation. The court finding that the allegations of defamation and the elements of defamation under, under New York law have been properly stated. And that case was going to go to trial, not in 2023. Maybe not even in 2024 as a civil case in federal court in New York, but it was going to go to trial and it was a problem for Fox News and Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs, who already got canned as a host of Fox uh, uh, shows because he got sued in this case, in the Smartmatic defamation case, and ultimately in the Dominion defamation case that's going on in Delaware. So, to be clear, Dominion suing Fox, $2.7 billion in Delaware. The trial, the jury trial, starts in one week on the 17th of April in Delaware. Smartmatic sued Fox News also in Delaware. That case is not going to go to trial until late 2023 or late 2024. And Mr. Khalil sued Fox News, Lou Dobbs, and Sidney Powell in New York in New York federal court. And if you're confused, tipping my hat off to uh, Katie Porter and her whiteboard of justice. I got a Popak hot take board, whiteboard, here we go. Dominion versus Fox, 2.7 billion. That trial starts in front of Eric Davis on the 17th of April, Delaware. 
Smartmatic and Fox have a $1.6 billion case Fox has against it, and that is in New York State Court, and that's moving awful slow. I don't think that's going to go to trial until 2024. And then the one I'm talking about now on this hot take, Majid Khalil versus Fox, and a series of other people, including Lou Dobbs, in New York Federal Court. So we're New York Federal, New York State, Delaware State, all against Fox News. Now, Fox News, reasonably successful, but they only got $5 billion cash on hand. That came out in the Dominion Discovery. And if you do the math here, 2.7, 1.6, we're getting close to all the cash that Rupert Murdoch's company has on hand in the general treasury of the company. And I think, I think that's the goal. And they're already worried, terribly worried, they have to be, about the Fox News case that they're defending in Delaware against Dominion, which is ultimately leaked to Khalil. Khalil is obviously, and he's now settled his case for an undisclosed amount of money. How do we know that? Because they just filed a letter with the judge in the case, Judge Stanton, in federal court in New York, and both sides said, well, we got a mutual, agreeable settlement here amicable agreement. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's confidential. And so he got paid, I'm sure, a boatload of money, a shed load of money to settle that case. I don't know if it's in the millions, but I wouldn't be surprised. He is obviously going to be a witness in the broader, bigger uh, case of Dominion because Everybody said that he was the mastermind of a conspiracy with Dominion, Smartmatic, and flipping votes for Donald Trump and bribing election officials in Georgia. All a lie. All coming out of the, you know, the fevered mind and imagination of Sidney Powell. Now, the only reason Sidney Powell got out of the case in New York is because she lives in Texas and the court couldn't find what's called personal jurisdiction to drag her, to hail her into the courts of New York. So we'll put that aside for a minute. That's the only reason she skated in New York on that. But what is the incentive for Fox News to settle with Khalil? Because they got to gear up next week for a major trial. And they don't need any distractions. They know Khalil's going to testify. But let's get rid of that case, not have it be a distraction. But now the future jury that's going to be picked next week they're going to know about this. This is like front page news. Fox News settles with Venezuelan businessman who they defamed nightly on the Lou Dobbs show <laughs> with Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and on social media. So that's going to be out there when the jury is picked. But they obviously made a business decision, Fox News, that they'd rather settle with him and that they were frankly dead. The evidence that Khalil was able to gather from Dominion and Smartmatic in their cases and use in his own lawsuit shows what everybody's, you know, suspected all along. That everybody that re that's related to Fox News and Fox Corporation thought that Sidney Powell was off her rocker to paraphrase emails internal that came out in the Dominion case that we all know about now that her, her conspiracy theories involving Majid Khalil are mind-blowingly insane and nuts. That's the words of internal Fox people, like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, the president of the news division, and all of that. And that was all going to come out again in Khalil's case. I mean, how many times does Fox News need to have this same evidence that's terrible for them? 
come out in multiple places, New York State, New York Federal, Delaware State courts over and over again. I mean, how many times do you want to get beaten by both ends of the stick? The stick only, got, the stick only has two sides. You want to get beat three times by it? So they made a business decision that for a few million dollars, I would presume, although it's not public, they'll settle with Khalil, try to calm that one down, take that boiling pot off the stove, and then focus their attention down with Judge Davis in Delaware and pick at a jury, because this could be a bet the company case. That's a lot of money to stroke a check for if they lose. And the jury could award more. If the jury in Delaware, for instance, believes that that uh, they, the Fox and all the people around them acted with what we call actual malice or reckless disregard for the truth or actual knowledge that what they were saying about Dominion was false, which all the emails, deposition transcripts of Rupert Murdoch and others kind of supports that, jury could take a big fat pen out and start writing a big fat check that Fox News and Fox Corporation has to cash. That's our jury system. Okay. And so punitive damages, which is what it sounds like, punishment damages based on the balance sheet, the money that's in the bank for these corporations is relevant to that analysis. This could be a, a giant, giant loss for Fox News to worry about. That's why they settled the Khalil case that nobody was really focused on, but had many of the same elements, facts, evidence to support it. Because that's what you got to deal with. Now, look, let me talk about for a minute to wrap up this hot take so that you get full knowledge, 360 degree, right? Situational awareness of all things Fox, Smartmatic, Khalil, and defamation in these three different jurisdictions. Um, Eric Davis, the judge in Delaware, has already, in the last two weeks, uh, uh, ruled in devastating fashion against Fox mm-hmm. that that the uh, the jury is does not have to consider whether the statements made against Dominion were true or false. The judge, as a matter of law, on summary judgment, has already ruled that all of those things said against uh, Dominion were false. So he's going to instruct the jury after it's picked. There's three major elements for defamation, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. One of them is the falsity of the statements. You don't have to worry about that one. I, as the judge in the black robe, took care of that already before you entered this courtroom. So that's already resolved. You are to assume, I'm instructing you, that you are to assume that everything said about Dominion was false. That's a decision the judge has already made in the last two weeks. Second element of defamation, publication, which just is a fancy way. Check and make sure you guys are there. That's pretty important stuff. Yeah. Bids. Bids. Shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Aridstone. And Kipiwati Bakoyaki Travel Radio. Travel Radio. Travel Radio. On the Brad Smith Chester Show, Travel Radio, Travel Radio, Travel Radio. Um, yeah, I do ASMRs. I podcast 24-7. I'm a Pride Modest Touch producer, Oxford's Berkeley, and Type of Medical University Honours Graduates Researcher. 
award-winning writer, poet, comedian, etc., etc., artist, musician, a very accomplished, youngish lady, Lady Trista. I have a, I have a piece of land in Scotland, so I'm Lady Trista. And um, yeah. This is great stuff. Aren't you guys digging this stuff? That I should maybe do a, um, you know, definitely share this. Share this. See way of saying it is said out loud or written down on paper. It's not publication like a newspaper. A, a regular layperson, a regular civilian like you and me, we publish. If I say something about my neighbor to another neighbor, that's a publication. And the judge found there's publication. We have publication. We have statements made on air. We have social media. And uh, and I even find that there's publication related to Fox Corporation, who owns Fox News. So, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, your second element for defamation, I decided that for you already. So the jury might be looking at each other like, well, what are we here for? <laughs> the third Damages. element of defamation is damage. Was the other side damaged? And, what, and if so, how much? That's where the jury comes in. So he, they're going to be told two elements, major elements already established for you. You look at damages. And one last thing, because, of course, there's defenses to defamation. And in the case of a media company, a newspaper journalist and the like, or whatever you call Fox News, I wouldn't put them in that category. But they're claiming and they're trying to hide behind First Amendment protections that are set forth in the First Amendment and as expressed in a line of cases coming out of the U.S. Supreme Court that we call in the business uh, Times, New York Times versus Sullivan. And in that case, they said that as opposed to a civilian, if I say something about my neighbor and it's false. I say my neighbor's sleeping with, with uh, somebody at work. Uh, that's defamation um, and I don't if the if the party that I'm saying it about they don't have to prove that I knew or should have known that it was false or not false it's just a false statement published they were damaged and therefore defamation but a, but a journalists are given more leeway and they can publish false things as long as at the time they did it they didn't know it was false uh, or they didn't reckless disregard, recklessly disregard whether it was true or false, right? Like willful blindness. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Um, and if that's the case, if if the um, plaintiff can establish actual malice, and that's the term of art, then that pierces the First Amendment privilege, and the news organization can be sued successfully for defamation, as long as that extra element of actual malice is proven by the plaintiff. So the judge has said, I've seen a lot of evidence 